Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Kawab, Kawab, Kawab. Kawab no more, am I right? Kawab no more. more. <laughs> am I right? Uh, <laughs> they ran into him when they first came into the camp here, and as he was trying to make his hasty exit out due to the chaotic and fractured nature of the Cult of the Dragon, Lance finally had his just desserts and eliminated him while the Jank Squad were escorting the prisoners who were going to be used as the sacrifice to fuel the magic for TMF's return are being led to safety. Not quite out of the woods yet, but one step closer. So that is where we join our adventurers this week on ICAS Fireball. So Jank Squad, without further ado... Everybody roll a d6 as you progress further into the camp to escort these prisoners to their safety. I got a four. I also got a four. I got a three. Three. Ooh, it was almost splendiferous with everybody being a fours, but with four, four and a three, you charge past the uh, camp of the greens and the, there's a lot of people in the camp of the greens who are actually just kind of huddled inside and waiting for the battle to come to them rather or you see the few individuals who are running up the slopes of the caldera to try and find some path away from the encroaching army or rather the attacking army and find a way themselves away from the metallic and the chromatic dragons which are literally flying, slashing each other through the air and twirling as they're grappling. And it's just this time where you uh, are leaving the slopes of the caldera and you see two of these dragons grappling with each other as they impact the side of the caldera, blowing up dust and debris into the air as there's just two ancient dragons have just built their own crater in the side of the caldera. You are safely making your way navigating through as you have reassumed your positions, Ralph assisting you and the rest of the Zentarum, some of them breaking off to go to deal with other matters, some breaking off to go back into the caldera itself, doing what, who knows, but I need everybody to roll me a final D6, please. I got a six. Okay. I got a two. Three. Three. Two, three, and a six. Well done, everybody. As you let the luck of the dice assist you going past the green camp into the battle itself. Fleeple, with your six, you actually help lead the way and you carve the path, doing some wild shapes to help uh, just push back some of the enemies. They're not expended from your character sheet because I'm using it as flavor, of course. Oh, thank you. I'm like, no, you lose all your wild shapes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just built that in. Uh, oh no, you don't move. have any while you're doing that. Oh, you you expend all your all your all your level five spells. Seven level spells <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. oh, crap. Oh, that well, you had still you use on a minion. Oh, good for you. As you fly and you start carving a path, you actually see the only thing between you and the armies seem to be a large 
I don't want to say conglomerate, a large party of kobolds. As you approach, what do you do uh, to uh, as as you are flying, walking, uh, approaching these kobolds? Fireball. I, yeah. so <laughs> I I reach into my satchel and I tell everybody else to kind of hold back a little bit, and mm-hmm. I go rushing forward on my own and I pull out a bag of two hundred gold coins. And I turned all these kobolds and I say, uh, Severin's commanded us to retreat. We're not going to save. We're not going to win. But at least he's giving us our payment. Here, take your severance and go right now. Take your severance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll a persuasion check with that. With advantage because 200 gold pieces. We'll do just a persuasion check right now. Okay. <laughs> then I'm going to keep my 200 gold pieces in that case. <laughs> That is an 18. 18. As you run up, and this is interesting, as you run up, these kobolds are very well armed. Like, they have nice weapons, actually. Like, spears that are not cobbled together. Swords that are not just a piece of metal, like, tied to a stick and things like that. And one of them, kobolds that you approach, goes, Wait a minute, you're a Severin? There was seven. Hey, we got a guy with Severin over here, guys. Uh, you, you don't, you don't really look like a, like a Severin. Hey, w- w- what's your name? My name is Jank. Take the money. And with that, you hear a. Did someone just say Jank? Oh, yeah. Mud. Okay, mud. Pushing through, pushing through the crowd, you see a well-adorned. Holy cobalt dressed in robes <laughs> of like platinum there? And with robes like that are just draped ac- across him. He's kind of got like this hat on. He goes, oh, Flaple, it's good to it's good to see you. And uh, no list because he has all of his teeth. Of course, his dentures are still intact mm-hmm. um, that you bought for him. And he comes up and he just gives you the biggest hug. Um, and his platinum robes against your like platinum scales just shine brilliantly uh, in the chaos of the battle. Yeah, while I'm holding him close, I just kind of like hiss into his ear. So are these good kobolds? Are, are, are they cool? Oh. Oh yeah, I've been recruiting all across uh, Faerun here, and uh, Bahamut's just been uh, telling me where to go, which sections of the kobolds would be receptive and stuff, and uh, yeah, I mean, you really started something here, and you look, and there are 200 kobolds that are just in this party. 200 And just all like uh, looking towards you, and they all just like, yeah, and um, we've uh, we've had like some great patronage from like the Temple of Bahamut's we go to, and the priests are like, hell yeah, I was forewarned you guys would be here. Here you go, and they just just giving us stuff, and man, we're here, we're here to throw off um our nature, man. We're we're here to throw off. You could tell. I mean, I've kind of upgraded in life. As you look down, it is like. His whole visage is just a different demeanor. He's like actually well fed. He's uh, filled out uh, quite nicely. And uh, he's just, uh, he's got Bahamut just adornments all over him. And he goes, uh, what are you doing? I, should, I shouldn't I should ask what you're doing here. 
Obviously, you're taking down Tiamat. Um, but like, what are you doing out here right now? Like with us, talking to us with all those uh, beleaguered and like malnourished people over there. Well, they happened to be beleaguered and malnourished because they were just prisoners within the tunnels of the Caldera. So we need to get them out so that they don't die because we promised them that they're not going to die. Oh, gosh. All right, everybody. These are good guys over here. Go help them. Uh, Squad M, go ahead. And you see just like uh, ten, ten uh, kobolds rush over. They have these like knapsacks like draped or like dramatic war movies. You've got the bullets strapped across like the guy's chest in like an X. They've got like these these um, knapsacks like across their chest like that. And as they run over there, they're pulling out food um, like uh, with cheeses and meats and they're running over and giving to like people and they're they're he goes all right i'm uh well i uh how can we help what do we need to do here well now that we've saved the prisoners we just need to go uh, kill severin you know just you're just a nice breezy kill severin yep okay okay um yeah i don't think that's part of our agenda right now i think we're out here and uh we're we're taking care of all the we're helping out the army over here. When, and it's just at this point, you see a squad from the army rushing over to you, all of you as you're concentrated like little army yourself. And there is uh, the Order of the Gauntlet. Everybody from the Order of the Gauntlet uh, is here. They're like, who? Uh, you all there, who do you hail? Uh, as they like cautiously raise weapons and the kobolds, they cautiously raise weapons. And uh, they're like, wait, what? Uh, if if you surrender peacefully, you you'll be taken back to uh, Waterdeep for trial. Uh, do I see Anthar Froom amongst the Order of the Gauntlet by any chance? You don't see them, uh, but um, the they look like they're not necessarily combative at the moment. They're like it's two hundred kobolds, which is quite a bit, but their army's not too far off. It just seems like uh, they're they're looking for as much peaceful. Um, surrender as possible here. Cleveland, you're guess, a Harper, aren't you? Don't you have something to show them I, that you're on Harper? I am a Harper, but also I went on a big dragon killing spree with a bunch of dudes from yes. the Order of the Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So do I recognize any of these dudes? Yeah, let's 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 roll um, some randomness here. Uh, there's going to be a high probability that you will, but let's roll here. The dice say no one, actually. Uh, I can't believe it or not. We found mud, but nobody else. <laughs> I I look to the people of the Order of the Gauntlet, and I, I pull out my Harper token and be like, Hey, guys, uh, we found you. Oh. Yes, good kobolds, not evil kobolds, friendly kobolds. See, good spears, uh, not terrible spears. Well-adjusted uh, kobolds. Are these the roving kobolds uh, that have been um, uh, uh, traveling from town to town recruiting for Bahamut? It sounds like I, I'm going to just take that as a yes, probably, uh, if these are the good kobolds you're talking. Oh, yeah. We, I've been going around just town to town recruiting people <laughs> the name of Bahamut. Yeah. Ned's like, I'll take the NPC, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I just I know how awkward it is for a GM to have to speak to themselves as NPCs. <laughs> Like, Mud, say hello to the Order of the Gauntlet. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so he goes, oh, all right. Uh, and and who, who are you, uh, sir? Uh, Har- Harper. Uh, but we've got Harpers over. Uh, they're, they're actually just on their way over here. How, oh, uh, good. Yes, me and Leoson, we're bros. Uh, my name is Fleeple. Uh, these. Ah. 
Yes. All right, Fleeple. Yes, say no more. Uh, this is the Jank Squad, everybody. They're they're oh. right here, okay? Oh, hey, we our reputation precedes us. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you've got uh, these prisoners over here. Uh, are they uh, 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 are they fighting? Are they needing rescue? Or if if they try to fight, do not let them fight. They need rest. That one over there, he he he's very low on his hemoglobin count right now. He needs to get some food in him so he can rest up a little bit. And he goes, uh, so this um, Order of the Gauntlet member, he just goes, all right, uh, help these, uh, uh, the rescues, uh, these these were prisoners, help them back. We got to take them to the back line. Uh, take them back to the tents, all right? Uh, that's our main priority. All right, move out. And he just, without hesitation, just as fast as he can with the chaos of battle before uh, a, dr- a giant dragon or unsuspecting devil just pops up on you guys. He he helps usher them. They form a perimeter around the prisoners and usher them as fast as they can back to the lines of Waterdeep and the Jank Squad. You have all rescued the prisoners and removed a vital piece of the ritual to pull back Tiamat to the material plane. Ooh, boy. And and as uh, Mud is going back to the kobolds, uh, the three of you sort of like reconvene while you're, you can see uh, some harpers with a banner rushing towards this location over here. And you, the three of you, you have a moment to talk or to catch up with each other if you'd like but before the harpers come. Mud is taking care of his little army over there. What are you saying to each other? Well, um, it's time to... Kill Severin. 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 The um, the banner of the Harpers stops for a moment, and it actually freezes in place. And you look into the sky as well, and there's a dragon who is spraying ice down onto the, the armies. That's also frozen. This is off in the distance, and the, the ice breath has frozen midair. Oh. And you see that... The entire landscape has frozen, almost as if each of you were cast into a time stop spell. I look over towards Ralph. Did he just cast time stop? Ralph is also frozen, and the Zentarum that are over uh, are have frozen, but the three of you have not been frozen. I didn't do that. Did you do that, Lance? I did not do that. Demonomicon? I don't. Lance, I, you're doing weird magic stuff these days, was it you? I, I don't have that much power. Uh, can we look around for anybody else who is not frozen? Yes. As you look around, um, all three of you, as you look, at, do a full 360, it's weird because, Mal, you looked in a spot, but as you do a 360, and the same for Lance and Fleeple, as you all turn around, you see an individual with their back to you standing just 10 feet away, looking at the battle landscape. With their hands behind their back and flowing platinum robes, you see an old wizened man, Terian, otherwise known as Bahamut. Do all of us know that Terian is Bahamut? Lance, this is new for you. 
No. I think you're the only one. No. Not again. Not again. <laughs> Brick and mortar from inside yeah. of Lance's ah. bag are just like, no. Oh my gosh. And in a deep, resounding voice, you hear, Humanity always finds itself in chaos. No matter how much I try to preserve and create, this inevitably is the result. A big breath and sigh as their shoulders heave with a weight that speaks volumes, almost the weight of the world. I try, I try so hard to keep the balance, to maintain the decisions I've done in the past, to give life a chance. And as Bahamut turns around, you see tears welling up in his eyes. And yet, it seems that the choices of others have different plans in store. As he gives you a almost wry smile. And so, I rely on the choices of my creations. And he looks at each one of you. For who can predict what mortals will do, given the chance. And at that last phrase, he just stares directly at you, Lance. You have helped tremendously in this eternal struggle that I have with Tiamat. And I count myself grateful to have followers. As he looks to you, Fleeple, and Mal as he looks to you as well, and nods in your direction. Converts. And as he looks to you, Lance. And do-gooders. The battle is not yet done, and I cannot guarantee that each of you will come out unscathed, let alone alive. But I'm hoping, as he smiles a deep smile, as you've come this far, that he will see it through to the end. Filippo. As he nods his head towards mud, to see what a few kind words could do, see what good intentions could actually become. That came from your choices, Alamara. And he gestures to the sky with his hand pointing to the metallic dragons. For one who considers themselves not persuasive, being able to persuade an ancient race that even I myself call stubborn is no small feat. And he looks to you, Lance. As he looks to the Zentarum. And Lance Thalen, putting aside the journey that you've taken, but to help those that could be considered evil to fight for a righteous cause. Well, that takes a strength that can only come from the most resilient individuals. He steps towards you. Tiamat's power is quite strong in that caldera and I cannot intervene directly. I can assist out here, but before each of you leave, I wish to give unto each of you a boon. Do you accept this boon that I, that I wish to give to you? Yes, of course, please. And Mal again bows herself to him after a, a year spent in specific worship of him. 
Also, Mal, you, you can get up. It's okay. I, I appreciate your reference, but I know your heart. And I just glance over at Lance and I'm like, just nodding my head. Big old smile. I mean, we'll, we'll accept all the help we can get. Just, Terry, what the hell are you doing here? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. I thought Lance's intelligence score was so much higher. <laughs> As he smiles at you, Lance, and goes, Well, I usually find myself in the places that will tell the greatest story. And with each of you accepting this gift, he walks up to you and he places his hand on your forehead. And Lance, Mal, and Fleeple, he gives you two extra levels. Two? Mm. So from 13 to 15. Oh my gosh. Terry. You can thank Fleeple for the two extra levels, the, all those religion checks that um, you were making episodes ago. Mm. Thanks, Ned. The communication with uh, the communication with Bahamut, really taking his advice and words to heart and be and converting yourself, it really spoke volumes with Bahamut. Yeah, you know, everybody else, it, it was just so very intentional and deliberate, this decision that I've made. I'm, I'm very glad that my long planning could pay off for us like this. <laughs> Action and reaction here. Greatest thing about players and DMs. Mm-hmm. They're unexpected consequences, both good and bad. So, what's everybody taking their levels in? I'm going double druid. Yeah! I think I'm also going double barbarian. So a level 9 barbarian, level 6 warlock. Double rogue. True and loyal to the rogue. True and loyal. So that's a level 15 rogue. Mm -hmm. Lance, what are some cool things you get with level 15? Level 14, you get blind sense, which basically you can sense anything invisible around you in 10 feet. Oh, boy. Any, it's specifically like anything invisible, including like treasures or objects or things. So you can sense them. You can't like see them, but you can be like, oh, there is something there, even though I can't see it. You're like, something's yep. here. Um, yeah. And then you also get, oh, what is it called? I forgot what it's called. I'll look at it real quick. But basically, I am proficient now in wisdom saving throws. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Which... You get advantage of because of your hero's feast right now. Yes, that's right. Yep. And I also go up one more dice in sneak attack. 8d6. And why don't you go ahead and get your health if you're going to roll oh, it. that's right. Let's roll it now. Slippery Mine, that's what it's called for level 15. Okay, two rolls of a dice, two d8s. A six and a two. Plus constitution twice. Twelve. Mal, two barbarian levels. What do you get? Um, I get an ability score increase. <gasps> or a feat. Yeah, I think I'm just going to take the score increase. Okay, sounds um, good. What are you I, increasing? I, two different ones or one No, specific? I think I'm just going to increase my strength by two. That way I have a uh, modifier of four. Oh, okay. Are you at a 19 right now or 18? Um, I'm at a... 16, so 17, 18. Nice. Very good. And I'm a coward, so I take the coward's way out. 
Oh, for, for health. health. <laughs> so that's seven plus your con, is that right? So seven plus okay. my con is four, so 11 times two is 22. Nice. So I'm at 145 and then plus eight for the Hero's Feast, right? Correct. Great. And at level nine for Barbarian, I get a Brutal Critical, which allows me to add an additional dice to a critical hit, which stacks, I'm pretty sure, with my Savage Attacks, which also does the same thing. So with a critical, I roll double dice, and then I add two extra D10s. Nice. Ooh. So really try and get those crits from Mel. My, my sword crits at 19 and 20, so. There you go. All right, Fleeple, round us out with your two levels of druid here. Well, I rolled and got three hit points under average, but that's okay. I still got 15 because of my amulet of health. So I'm currently at 134, which is surprisingly close to what Malamara has. There you go. <laughs> so we have two tanks is what I'm hearing. I'm at 115, so I'm a little, I'm close behind. Hey! Now, the stuff that I get for being a druid, I now can prepare 7th level spells, not just cast spells at 7th level. However, that does mean that I still cannot prepare 8th level spells, even though I can cast spells at 8th level. You know, multi-classing shenanigans, it is what it is. Yeah, that's the cleric, the cleric business there, huh? But the other cool thing is I have reached the capstone feature for my subclass. What did it be? I gain astrological wisdom. So first thing to note is that my sprigs of mistletoe are now D8s instead of D6s. Wow. Ooh, that's good. In addition, I gain access to the teleportation circle spell and always have it prepared. Ooh. And I have an ability called Stone Circle, where typically if you want to make a ring of teleportation a permanent fixture you have to cast it in the same exact location every day for a year the spell costs 50 gold pieces to cast in the first place so that is an entire year's worth of casting a little over 1800 gold pieces i instead can make a stone circle a a circle of these big massive stone men here's and i can do that in eight hours and with 1200 gold pieces whoa and cast a, a permanent teleportation there Yes. So that's pretty sweet. Indeed. Okay. As uh, Bahamut pulls away from the three of you, he goes, Fleeple, you have already been blessed with this gift, but Malamara and Lance Thaitlin, for a brief time, I'd like to give you something else. And he breathes into you, and as he breathes into your direction, and as you breathe his his air in, um, the time stop vanishes. And the chaos of the battle erupts again. And you hear Ralph talking to his people, Mud's going, All right, yeah, so I think we're just going to go help uh, Roving Pants and uh, help them out. Flatebo, are you good over there? I'm doing pretty great. I think my friends are also doing pretty great. Okay, sounds good. Well, we're going we're gonna to head out and leave you then and... Uh, um, don't die, and, uh, you know, uh, um, Bahamut's great. Bahamut's great? You're sure you don't want to come try and kill Severin with us? Uh, nope, that's definitely not <laughs> in our cards. 
<laughs> DM says hard pass. <laughs> I don't want to have to describe the death of all these cute kobolds. Yeah, I I watched the ranks of them just kind of marching off into the distance, and I'm like, 200 kobolds. You know, just 90 episodes ago, I was flummoxed at 100 kobolds. There you go. <laughs> the, you, you, the 90 episodes, you look at the geeky man, the geeky man looks at you. And then, that hey, is wait. episode 17, entitled 100 kobolds. Look at that. <laughs> it's at this point that the Harper, uh, pe- person leading the Harper flag actually rushes on over to you and it's surprise leosin and an entourage here and he goes ah yes jake squad fleeple hello uh quick finger guns to you and goes glad you're all glad you're all out i made it out all right um yes um everything's good we uh macarth is just right over there with the arcane brotherhood coming close um Anthar Froom was insistent that he send uh, at least a squad of the Order of the Gauntlet with you as well. Um, is, would that be acceptable? That would be that would be so great. I would love that so much. Great. It won't be much. It might only be a handful. But um, uh, Macarth is over here, and uh, she's got half a dozen uh, Arcane Brotherhood as well with her. So that's um, you must have done some great things for them. Yes, I'm glad she's brought people with her because her. She's not good at fighting. She's terrible at it. She's explicitly told us that. Has no uh, good spell. What, has she changed? <laughs> well, actually, within the, uh, I'm quite surprised to hear that because uh, uh, she's been. Uh, let's say she's been working out um, magically uh, over the past year because she's been slinging them fireballs all over the place and. Uh, uh, I've seen some crazy spells come out of her that I've had to look away from uh, because there's just green, darkish evil anyway. But um, yes, uh, she's uh, she'll be here quite shortly, and then I think you should be good to. Uh, he says it somberly to see this through. Then I see, I suppose. Yes, I I at this point I'm uh, just kind of gently rubbing the tattoo I got at Candlekeep that I didn't tell any of my friends about the Rage Mage tattoo, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking yep. of Macaulay's new abilities like yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, Jake Squad, I leave you to it. But good luck, and may we all see each other and grab a pint at the Singing Sword after this. That sounds like a good plan to me. Because there definitely will be an after this. There 100% will be an after this. Well, as you part ways, give yourself, give each other uh, the brother handshake and uh, the finger guns, of course, uh, rush off. Makoth comes up and goes, Hey, guys. Hey, good seeing you all. Good. I've got some of the brotherhood here. Uh, and you, um, you, she gestures back all six. Uh, the six companions she's brought are all women. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I wanted to uh, start bucking that stereotype. So, uh, but we've got the RK Brotherhood here. And uh, so uh, we're here to help you out. And uh, let's go fight some bad wizards, huh? Definitely. There's a lot of bad wizards in there. Oh, are there? Uh, how much? Do you know? Uh, you know? I think back to when Anzar definitely told me how many red wizards are in that caldera. Fifteen. Fifth, there's fifteen, but one of them is good. One of them is a cool red wizard. Ah, all right. Well, I don't know if there's such a thing as a cool red wizard, but because uh, they're mostly all undead, and that's just gross. But um, okay, all right. Let's do this, huh? Let's do it. <laughs> let's do let's it. Let's do it. 
All right. So as you all rush back, I need everybody to roll a d6 nah, for me, we're please. Back. You don't say. Hey, it was the final d6 to get to. He lied. Yeah. It's never one more. All right. I rolled a three. Five. Two. You rush forward. Ralph uh, just kind of rushing by, walking by you guys and goes, we'll see you through the, the, the lava tube. Um, uh, but uh, after that point, we've got our own agenda that we got to take care of, okay? So as you rush through again, the forces of Waterdeep are actually now actively fighting inside the camp. So the green camp, which was cloistered together, they were waiting for the fighting to come in. There is chaos. There are tents that are ripped down. There is There are fires. There are just a massive amount of uh, casualties on both ends here. It is war. In fact, at this point, you look up to the impact that had happened with the dragons, and there is a dragon that is sprawled out on the side of the caldera. I'm going to roll to see if it's the metallic or the chromatic. It's the chromatic dragon. So the metallic dragon prevailed and is now battling again with some of the other chromatic dragons up in the sky. First leg without issue with your entourage that you have moving forward. So I need another D6 roll from everybody, please. One. Three. One. Oh Ooh. no. Okay. Ralph turns oh, on no. us. <laughs> and this was our hidden right. plan. Josh would. Let's, he would. let's be honest. He did, <laughs> man. We, we already went through those episodes. <laughs> As you rush, you actually get all the way to the caldera, uh, to the lava tube entrance, and you're rushing into the lava tube entrance. You're about to, I should say, when a resounding is behind you. And it's that point that each of you turn around and you see the dreaded white dragon, Arthator. Bloodied, cut, and with gashes across his chest as he breathes and goes, I thought I smelled you, you rats. And everybody roll initiative check. Oh. Ah! Ah, we once. Ah, Mal, initiative. 17. 17, Lance. 19. 19, Fleeple. 10. 10. As Arthator stands as a crouched, you see him starting to breathe in and... Mal, I believe you were the highest out of the party here? Or was it Lance? Lance, sorry. 19, Lance. You're first, actually. Okay. <laughs> How far away is this guy, Arithator? He is 30 feet away from you. And uh, as I said, you were rushing towards the entrance of the lava tubes. The lava tubes are actually only 10 feet from your current. So you've got the lava tubes 10 feet away, Arthur 30 feet and you've got your entourage with you, you've got Ralph, you've got the Zent- a few of the Zentarum, the Arcane Brotherhood, and a small contingent of the Order of the Gauntlet. And then, of course, you three. Lance will, just seeing Arithator there, he will, 
he'll just he'll be like, all right, first time this didn't work, better work next this time. He'll unnotch the dragon arrows that we kept. Yes. <laughs> Aim it yes. straight yes. at the face of this thing and let it rip. <laughs> and I'll I'll remind you, you could do steady aim, that bonus action to give yourself advantage from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. We talked about this forever ago in the other caldera actually if you wanted to give yourself advantage you just can't move just can't move okay yeah i won't move i'll give myself advantage with steady aim all right come on go ahead and let her rip both eyes open sneak attack sneak attack sneak attack i don't have i would have to hide or have it oh i do have advantage so if i do hit no you have advantage that's a natural 20. Yeah! Shut up. <laughs> Shut it up. I rolled a seven and a natural 20. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, I won't. I won't. How is that done? I'm on the field with Blanche Thalen Echo last. The last time you fought Arthur Thor, you didn't hit one time. How do you feel now? It's just like the arrow loosens and it just like has that moment of a movie where like the sound goes death and it's like it's like Oppenheimer where it's like I have become death. <laughs> just like it's the dragon. Nuclear bomb. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No. All right. How okay, many bullet hits is this going oh to be? Oh my gosh. This is a lot because the dragon arrow also had like a, adds, what was it? Three, I think it adds the same as the, three dice. as the dragon sword that I have. Oh my gosh. The dra- the short sword of dragon slaying. 5e. Oh, right here. Boom. Arrow of slaying gives you. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I just pull it up. 6d. Oh, oh my gosh. The creature must make a DC 17 constitution saving throw. And if they fail, they take an extra 6d10 piercing damage, or half as much on a successful save. Okay. So I'll roll their save. Well, Arithator would normally have a legendary actions, but because of the battle and they've been battling, they've already used their legendary saves. Oh, so thank goodness. It's going to be a constitution saving throw here. Man, what's sneak attack for a 15th level rogue? Six, or 8d6. So that's 16d6. Oh boy, 16d6 plus 12d10 plus, what is it, 1d8 for your longbow? Uh, 1d6, because it's a short bow. Oh, gotcha. I got a 15 on that <gasps> That's a fail. So do I double those dice too? Yes. Right, 12 detail. All right. Put on, Mickey, put oh on the hold gosh. music, please. We're going to need some hold music while I total all this crap up. No. No. 18d6 plus 12d10. Because it's 1d6 for the bow, 8d6 for the sneak attack, 6d10 for the. Okay. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You're confusing me. So I have basically 16, 16d6 for sneak attack because it's doubled plus two d6s for just the bow itself so that's 20 d6s plus 12 d10s okay so <laughs> go ahead and roll okay and i think it's 18 d6 yeah. but at that is point i think D6? it's splitting hairs honestly it oh is. yeah it is. <laughs> it is it is it is yeah eight plus eight is 16 yeah 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 
But why don't you go ahead and roll? Okay, you gotta give me some seconds here. I am pulling out a calculator. First time I've ever done that for this podcast to do all this. Okay. Okay, that's the D6s. Now I'm gonna go to the D10s. Okay. So, should we give a sneak peek into season two while we're waiting for uh, Jacob to do math? Yes. My character's <laughs> name is. Do, 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 do. He's, his race is. Do, 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 and his class is. Do, 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 do. Redacted. His five favorite albums are. Do, 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 and. Do, do, et cetera, et cetera. All right. We got the total. Do we? <laughs> All right. Listeners, if anybody had any question, this most likely will be the most damage that will occur in campaign one. I'm almost positive here. What's the most damage we've had so far? I have no uh, idea. Thomas said 18 D6 to me. <laughs> yeah, the DM to the players. <laughs> this one arrow shot does... 130 damage. <gasps> Shut up! <laughs> Oh my gosh! Rogues, baby, Lance. rogues. <laughs> Tell us how it's done. Wow! I think, I think, no I think literally, surprised. I could paint like a tapestry here. I think it's literally the arrow shoots. It's like the, pew, and like it's just this little thing approaching this massive body, and somehow it pierces like the most vulnerable part of this dragon and he just lets out this huge roar and collapses and Lance goes, okay, uh, um, should we keep going? <laughs> like, I, I'm in the middle, just like, I'm waiting for my turn and initiative. Just full shock, like, like I, okay, um, let's go, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sitting here waiting for my turn initiative, trying to think of, like, a clever way to flip him off, and then I turn, and he's just dead. Yeah, um, with that, as you shoot the arrow, the only way to describe this arrow was supersonic, right? So it's like the shot where, like, you prep it, and you let go, and it's like, and then you see it from four different angles in the shockwave, and on the last a slow-motion shot, you see brick and mortar in ghostly spectral form from both ends and they swing their weapons just at the back of the arrow to just like give it the momentum it needs to break like the sound barrier and just go straight for Arthator and as it goes to Arthator it just rises up and just stumbles and then just falls with a resounding and Lance, as you've, I imagine you've run like five feet in front of everybody to kind of take the shot, the the image of all of you behind Lance as he's holding his bow and just the dragon falls five feet in front of him as his mouth hangs limply open and just dust into the sky around Lance as Lance lowers his bow, turns around to each of you, and says, "All right, um, time to go. I think time, time to get on. We we gotta we gotta hurry. We gotta rush on in there, right? This way." <laughs> and I turn to the camera and I say, "That was very convenient for our episode duration." <laughs> ah! <laughs>
And so as you rush into the lava tubes, uh, Lance, I'm giving you an inspiration. I know I already have one. That was just so epic. Oh man, just Hurry, so give, epic give there. Give me one, and then you can have the next one. Oh, I, I give my other one to Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Take take this. Uh, as you rush into the lava tubes, um, with Ralph parting ways and go, Lance. Uh, I don't think I have to say this, but uh, take care of yourself in there. And the Zentarum breaking off, rushing off to their other objective, and the Jank Squad leading this small strike force into the heart of the Caldera. That is where we're going to end this week's episode of iCast Fireball. Whoa. Holy cow. I feel like most of that episode was just waiting for Jake to tally up all of his dice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But boy, was that worth it. Oh, boy. Rogues, man. Rogues, rogues. and natural 20s. Roguey things. And, uh, it just makes so much sense to have steady shot as an option for rogues to take so that they can get their sneak attack. It's just it, it's just a smart rule uh, to add uh, from Tasha's. I'm very happy that This is the Coast added that. Woof. All right. Well, as always, Ned, Jacob, and Mickey, thanks for joining and playing this wonderful episode where a lot happened and um, the DM started crying IRL. Uh, And uh, (laughs) listeners, thank you uh, for joining us on this fantastic journey as we're winding down on campaign one. If you like what we're doing, leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. Shoot us an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or Join our, our Patreon-exclusive Discord channel where you can talk about some of these thematic and amazing moments. We've got a lot of stuff that we are uh, hoping to uh, implement come the new season, come the new campaign. You might see some teasers in the Discord as uh, uh, for season two, but regardless, you'll just join a wonderful community talking about all things ICF and D&D. So um, go check those out. But speaking of checking things out, we want to shout out Improv Tabletop where they have some wonderful amazing one-month Fate Accelerated Adventures. They recently got done with Pride and Prejudice and Puppets. Muppets? Puppets. Yes. Um, And it was so much fun. I was a cast member, and it was um, a lot of fun to portray Fozzie in the Victorian age there. So um, go listen to them. Ned is fantastic with his Miss Piggy voice, and don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Tom Shadim, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.